0: You still have to get it done at the time that it really counts, which we have not managed to do. It's the first time that you could genuinely say that there is a chance that we could be World Cup champions.
1: Subscribe to the Rugby Stream on the OTB Sports app now.
2: Now you're welcome Max So we're going to turn to GA Because it's been an interesting afternoon I should let you know At Nolan Park In the Hurling League semi-final Kilkenny won 14 Cork 14 points Is where we are 43 minutes in the clock As I speak Kilkenny in on goal And brilliant hook uh, Penalty I think So uh, not such a brilliant hook It turns out That will give Kilkenny a chance To go 6 points clear At Nolan Park Very happy to say Colin Boyle Four time All-Star with Mayo Is here in studio Hello Thanks a million, Joe. How are you? If Cluxton can, go, can uh, go back, can you not have a nibble? No.
0: Whatever about me having a nibble, I think uh, Kevin McStay might be thinking of Lee Keegan, maybe giving him a ring this evening and see how he's fixed. But uh, yeah, on a day when so much happens in the last day of the, uh, the round of league games, uh, the last thing we, were, we thought this morning we were going to be talking about was the return of Stephen Cluxton. Simply unbelievable. <laughs> I was in complete shock when I heard the news. And, uh, yeah, I'm still I still in two minds I what I exactly think about it. But, yeah, it's a uh, look at it's for Dublin. It's great. But, uh, yeah, we'll see how it pans out. To give people the general lay of
2: the land at the end of seven rounds of league football, it will be Galway against Mayo in the league final. The West is awake. It's Mayo, Galway, Roscommon, top three places in Division one. So Mayo against Galway in the final and then Monaghan do their thing again. 10 years in Division 1 now, as of next year. They beat Mayo and Castlebar. Tyrone did them a favour by beating Armagh, and so it's Armagh who are relegated along with Donegal into Division 2 we're going to hear from Kieran McGee in a few moments time in Division 2 it was already written in stone this morning that Clare and Limerick relegated Derry already into Division 1 and into a League 2 final Dublin joined them Dublin beat Loud in the end by 16 points to 1-6 we'll come back to Cluxton in due course uh, Newbridge Kildare beat Meath by 13 points to 8 and Derry were 1 point winners at Porky Cueve Cork 15 points Derry one thirteen. then in Division 3 Promoted Fermanagh and Cavan and relegated Tipperary down into Division 4 along with Longford. Uh, Meanwhile, in Division 4, Sligo uh, win promotion as do Wicklow. So Sligo and Wicklow up into Division 3. Let's start with Division 1. I'll come back to Cluxton in a moment because as I speak, we're taking in the audio from... Desi Farrell and the camp, and so it'd uh, be nice to hear those before uh, we give too much of our own opinion. We'll hear what the inside scoop is uh, first, though. To Armagh, who've been an interesting case study. Uh, Kieran McGinney here talking to Ashton O'Reilly. So Armagh relegated; they were beaten today by Tyrone by two points. Monaghan won in Castlebar, so it's Armagh who faced Division Two football next year. Here is Kieran McGinney.
1: Kieran, a tough one to take
3: out there today. Yeah, not easy, but such a sport. It's uh, it's not always good to you.
1: So division two next year, obviously not where you want to be. It was close out there, and obviously the other games as well. It goes off how they go, so you nearly don't know where you are until the final whistle goes, and you hear the other results.
3: Yeah, like you still should be in our own hands, like you know. And we had it there, as we've had it in most games to win those, and like we've just sort of failed. We was coming down the, the shot, like. But I suppose for us, um, you know, you get a call here, you get a call there. Like they're fine margins, but. Um, it's not the ideal way to end the league, but like hopefully we'll regroup and, and give the championship a good rattle.
1: Have you been in to speak to the players yet? I'm sure they're they're hurting after that one.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, they got it. Like, but you know, at the end of the day, the book stops for myself, and you know they give me everything they had, and I just have to like, look back and see what more I can do with them.
1: Really, the book stops with well, you. You've done a lot for them. Like it, sometimes things just don't go your way. Do you look at it that way?
3: Yeah, but if you look at things that you can't control, then you won't make any changes. You have to look at those things that you can control. And even if it's only 1% or 2%, that's the margins we're looking at in these games. So we'll sit down as a management team and we'll look at those things and hopefully regroup and become back stronger.
1: Some positives out there today. Stephen Campbell from midfield, a bit of a new role for him and five points from play. I thought he was brilliant.
3: Yeah, he was excellent, uh, especially in the second half. Now, like We challenged him at half time and he really stood up. Uh, you know, There was a couple of turbo that got his chance to start did really well, so that we Jimmy in the corner like he like he was causing the problems all the time. So yeah, like listen, there was a lot of good things, just a few things we need to tidy up. And like you know, like we're straight into the cotton trust of also championship, like where everybody can win any game. So it's just a matter of trying to lift the mood now. Me really tell them a few jokes
1: and <laughs> raising the thing, make them laugh. Um, another bro was Reen O'Neill. What is the story there? Can you let us in? Obviously, we had a lot of WhatsApps going on. There was a lot of rumours going around of, of what happened or what happened to Reen. Can you fill us in?
3: Well, despite the best rumours, like uh, you know, we didn't have a fight even though I'm carrying a shiner today myself, like but uh, he just got a nick in the quad. But he actually it's funny he got it after the the news broke which was a bit unusual, like but um he's grand, like, he can run and stuff like that there, but mm-hmm. when you're his size and you can move like him, like those wee nicks can cause big problems, so like we're hopeful we'll have him back for the interim game. So uh, it, it, but it's not a big thing, like, you know, yeah. and now he's He's still talking to me, and he hasn't dislocated his shoulder, and he hasn't gone to Australia, and he hasn't been on the beer all week, and I don't know what the other one was, but all of those, no, he's he's no, he's a good lad, really. How do you deal with all of that? It's
1: it's you know enough to be you know inter county manager. You've enough going on rather than all these rumours on the side as well.
3: Yeah, well, I, I don't do social media, so thankfully, um, but you know, like some people like to entertain themselves, so I guess that's the way to do it look to Championship now? Yeah, we're looking forward to that. Like, hope we can regroup and come back that wee bit stronger.
2: Kieran McGeaney there, speaking to Ashley O'Reilly. We're here with Colin Boyle in the studio. I must have a very boring WhatsApp life because I didn't hear any of these rumours. Um,
0: had you been hearing those rumours? Yeah, I saw stuff on social media over the last couple of days. Yeah, from the from the quad. The quad injury was actually the last thing I heard. There was all sorts of stuff going on about uh, falling out with McGeaney over a mass style of play over the last couple of weeks and stuff like that. But... Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think Kieran's after after making nonsense of that.
2: Well, interestingly, the reason people might have believed the falling out with McGinley over Armagh's style of play is that uh, you know, you could see the truth in that. Mm. Give us your sense of Arma. If I was to give the very blunt version, the sense would be that this league campaign, they have become a far less attractive side. They're far, they're playing far less expansive football. Uh, you know, the the brilliant kick passing into Reino Neal, for instance, last year has dried up we're presuming deliberately so is a very smart man what's his thought process here and what Armagh are doing because it hasn't worked in the league thus far
0: I, I think that is literally a question only Kieran McGuini can answer like if you if you go back to what made Armagh successful last year it was almost a throwback to the late 90s early 90s Armagh teams with the long diagonal balls to McDonald Ronan Clark Jim Marston, Oshie McConville and we were seeing that last year in the championship in in the run that went on and Reen O'Neill Andrew Mernon Jason Duffy on the end of, of of them balls coming into them, and they're you know, they're you heard James, I don't know, talk a lot about this on the football pod boys with sticky hands. That's literally what they are, they're literally like a vacuum to that ball that comes in. And why they went away to that, away from that mm. this year, I don't know. And to me, the one game that really sticks out where this all started and how it nearly broke the momentum in the league was the Kerry game going down to Lee. Like Kerry played Mayo the week before, and they were really, really vulnerable they'd taken a tanker by Mayo the week uh, sorry, the week before. They just getting Clifford back, just getting Sean O'Shea back, but no one nowhere near the the full fitness that they will be later on in the year. And they didn't you know, they literally just stood off them and brought everyone back inside their forty five conceded every kick out you know against a Kerry midfield that doesn't have David Moore anymore never looked to push up on them never really looked to put pressure on them and they seem to get stuck in a rut of doing that for the rest of the league and you know granted they bet Donegal the week after and what was a really really poor game and look we see where Donegal have yeah. gone since that but I'd be very frustrated if I was an Armagh supporter. I think they, they got themselves in a situation where there were, there were no need to be in. You know, the three points, I think, from the first two or three games, they played a really good game against Mayo in round two, I think it was, and, and came back and got a late draw. But, you know, where this leaves Armagh going forward, you know, this, things can change very quickly in football, Joe, and confidence is a huge, huge thing. And, you know, OK, they've got Antrim in the first round. It's a game you presume they're going to get over, even without rhino O'Neill. But you're looking at playing Cavan then a couple of weeks later in a, in an Ulster quarter final, I think it is. And a Cavan team, you know, on a bit of a bounce after getting promoted to Division 2, could be Division 3 league champions. So that's a very, very dangerous game for them. And, you know, like I said, momentum is a, is a huge, huge thing in sport. And have they just lost that?
4: Yeah,
2: because what
0: you've described there
2: is the way teams to tend to progress, as in they go from... Passive, everybody behind the ball football to something more expansive when they, they, they steady the ship and find their bearings yeah. to go from playing a brand that everybody thought had a swashbuckling style and, and, and an aggressive style to something more passive uh, doesn't really add up. But again, you would say McKinney's a smart man and he's seen some very good rationale to do it. So it remains to be seen how they go in Ulster.
0: Yeah, and look at like I said to the start Joe, it's nearly only question he can answer, does he want to, you know, stop showing his hand so teams know how to defend against his long uh, the you know, the, the boys that like to kick the ball yeah. in? Like how often did we see Reno Neal in there during the league? Or how many balls can you remember him winning and turning and kicking over the bar? There was very few. I would say you could count them on one hand during the whole league. So you know, it it's an interesting doesn't one but se- it, it, this do, it does it doesn't it make sense back for the league. I mean, no. is he gonna hold it back through the Ulster
2: Championship as well? I mean, when yeah. does he unleash it? So yeah. I yeah. don't
0: know. It's yeah. it's, if I was an RMAS supporter, I'd be extremely disappointed. Extremely, extremely disappointed. I think they got themselves into position. And look, they look at Mayo and Manan and the way that turned out for them with Mayo making 11 changes or, or whatnot. But to me, they've only themselves blamed for the situation they got themselves in. Yeah,
2: okay. Stick in your headphones. Let's go to Crow Park. So Dublin will play Derry in a League Two final. The afternoon started with us chatting to Paddy Andrews and suddenly glancing at social media as the Dublin team ran out of the dressing room. Last man out wearing his top and in his shorts and boots and kit bag under his arm was Stephen Cluxton. So you can imagine what was trending from the day's G in social media. It's Stephen Cluxton back in the Dublin squad. Here is Desi Farrell.
5: Yeah, he's uh, Stephen has trained a couple of weeks now and um, he's fit and healthy and uh, keen and eager and we've had a number of goalkeeping injury woes. Uh, you'll all be fairly familiar, Evan hasn't uh, played any minutes uh, this season yet and while he's uh, walking his way back and hopefully to full recovery at some stage during the championship, um, Hugh Sullivan, our under 20 keeper, uh, He's he's been injured uh, recently as well and tied up with the 20s, so uh, we definitely had a vacancy there and Stephen, as I said, if if he could ever help us out in any way, he'd be willing to do that and um, we're delighted to have him in the mix now at this stage. Yeah. Are you surprised to have him
6: in the mix now at
5: this stage? Sorry? Are you surprised to have
6: him back in
5: the mix now at this stage? Uh, no, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, knowing the individual, who he is, the competitive juices are always there. and He's always been um, in Dublin through and through and uh, when, when the time calls, he'd step forward and uh, it's great to have him. Just have to boost he to Ah, yeah, obviously Stephen's leadership and experience, and and, and just uh, the 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 personality he is. Um, it's you know those types of individuals are invaluable in any setup. And you know, over the last couple of seasons, we have had a lot of um, players move on with that type of experience and, and retire and move away and that type of thing. So it's a, it's definitely a very welcome addition.
7: Have you had a lot of communication over the last couple of years with the Densker?
5: Ah yeah, like Stephen has always uh he's always been very close uh to everyone in the squad and um he's uh, he's never been too far away and uh we're delighted to have him back in the mix then. So
3: presumably not
5: coming back to Central Branch I I would have thought not, no no on the man Any and question about the match right there.
4: Look did yeah. he come yeah. into yeah. sorry? Yeah.
5: Stephen, no, no, he didn't. Uh, he didn't. He's um, as I said, that's he's he's Dublin, true and true. And um, uh, he's uh, he's always said he's been willing to help out if, if the need arose. The need has arose, and uh, would are like to have him in the mix?
0: Colin Boyle with us here in studio, thoughts. Yeah, it's uh it's it's quite unbelievable to be honest, Joe. Um look at if you're a Dublin supporter, you're probably absolutely delighted to have a, an absolute legend, the best keeper that's ever played the game, a man who's completely transformed the game of Gaelic football. Um they're probably still trying to change rooms, uh, kick out rules after 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 the legacy he left, but uh I'm still not sure about it, Joe. I'm still not sure about it a couple hours later. I I'm I'm looking at it from a you know and I'm not sure the story with Evan Comfort is first of all he's
2: just he, trying he, to read there yeah. Dean Rock was doing media last week or the week before and what he was saying at Comfort was he had a bit of a growing operation just a bit of an operation
0: okay. just a small one uh,
2: so he'll be out for the league or until the latter stages of it that's what Dean Rock said so he didn't seem to be of the opinion that he'd miss the summer but he certainly said he'll be out for the league or certainly latter stages. He had the operation from last year, so he didn't play with us for the club either with Ballymun, so it was just something that was at him, and he needed to get it done. He's on the recovery table. So that was Dean Rock a week or two ago. So no sense from Rock that he was going to miss the championship, but who knows, maybe these things are are trickier than they Mm. uh, appear. And so it sounds like almost there was a Cluxton, my door is open if you need me policy, according to... Desi Farrell there
0: yeah which is look at it's a small bit unusual I suppose look he never officially retired I suppose we are all waiting for the big announcement that never came so maybe that door was always open despite what maybe we we would have thought but um, does it add huge pressure now for David O'Halloran or, or Michael Shields that's there already uh, you'd have to say it does don't get me wrong he will be a huge help to them and I'm kind of thinking I know the question was asked on there is this kind of almost as much as a mentor role to the two guys as there because the sheer lack of experience that they are it, to me it just, it's telling me that Evan Cumberford is not going to play this year or, or is uh, is not going to be ready to play so he, he literally reached out to Stephen and said I need a hand with these two boys they're very young very inexperienced can you come in and do that and possibly push for a place as well like ideally if Stephen was coming back this would have been at the start of the year and that suggests to you it's not a planned thing? Yeah, yeah. That's as, I'm not gonna say a small bit of desperation in it, but you know, it's it's maybe just something that they thought of. We need him physically back. I'm not sure about our two keepers, how they're how they're fixed, and and they might need his support. So look at it. it's uh it's gonna be very, very interesting to see actually can he break into this team now, you know, because look at Stephen now with, what what, forty one years of age, you know, who might question Stephen Tlux you know, can he still do it at the top level? You'd be thinking you know his accuracy and kickouts were just sensational, but the one thing about him was if you pushed up too high, he'd boom it over the top of you, and you wonder at forty-one, does he still have that range in him? You know these are all questions. Just go, yeah. It do, yeah. it it's just here. It simply has to, you know. And then obviously his reactions to shots and stuff like that. You know, it's be question marks about that as well, but. Ah, look at it. if you're Dublin's border. If you put it, if you told me David Clark was coming back from Mayo, you'd probably be delighted. So look at it. it's a it's a huge huge boost. But it's it's going to be very very interesting to see how this pans out. So that's Cluxton back, Mannion back today, mm. McCaffrey back. Mm.
2: This Dublin side without those three were beaten by a point, and without Khan as well. So Khan, yeah, against Kerry. Mm-hmm. I'm doing the maths. That's yeah. worth at least a point or two.
0: Yeah, yeah, crazy to think. And look at I suppose if. Desi Farr would have hoped he would have got more game time in Jack McCaffrey and and Paul Mannion obviously great to see him coming off the bench today look at what position them boys are going to be in the Championship could Mannion be more of a a super sub at this stage can McCaffrey get back flying fit for Championship you know and and be in position to you know will he be as good as he was two or three years ago it's very very hard to tell but you're right Joe on what you're saying yeah if you you do the maths you're thinking well Dublin automatically have to be better than they were last year but it doesn't always work out that way you know I think I think if you look at their league overall, it's slightly underwhelming. I would say, yes, they got the job done, they got promoted, but not hugely convincing in, in doing so. so. Say poor. Yeah, yeah. Even t- today's performance against Laud pretty much summed up their, their league, I would say, you know, flaky, yeah. you could almost say, um, especially in the first half. I thought they were extremely average. Um at Dublin three or four years ago would have that game put to bed at half time especially the way Louth set up so yeah well, slightly worrying signs there and then when you see them kind of reaching out to an absolute legend of the game don't get me wrong but a 41 year old goalkeeper you know how does that look for from the outside probably not great but the Dublin players probably won't care Yeah
2: and I, I don't know how much longer Desi plans to be in the job but it mm. does speak of a manager just thinking about the short term
0: yeah, you'd have to say that. And, you know, it got me thinking how much of a role has Pat Gilroy has, has in this as well. I'm sure, you know, him back with the with the Dublin players as well, even with the likes of Imanion and, and McCaffrey coming back, you know, has has he had a helping hand in all this as well but uh, mm. yeah it definitely does uh, there's definitely a short term plan in this there's no doubt but maybe that's what they had to do with um, on the Cluxton side of it with uh, possibly comfort being ruled out for the season possibly Yeah. and look maybe
2: short term is all there is to worry about in sport if mm. you have a chance to win All-Ireland you do yeah. what you have to do to and, win it
0: and let's be honest Joe despite you know the, the obvious you know problems that might be there with the Dublin team at the minute they're still in completely in the mix to win the All-Ireland this year see
2: that's the thing it's funny when we analyse Dublin now and we compare them to the great team, mm. it's a very bleak picture because oh, they're yeah. so far off that team. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. That's why I pitched the question as mm. All-Ireland champions were Kerry last year. Mm. They were only a point away from that team. Yeah. They don't have to be as good as the great team. No. They have to be better than what's out there.
0: I think, I think that's the exact thing about it. And I think even a Galway and a Mayo will look at this at the minute so that you might need to be as a, a, an absolute brilliant team to win the All-Ireland this year you just need to be the best team in the Championship this year and I think that's the way four or five possibly six teams are going to be looking at this and it's you mentioned at the start there it's a, it's a wide open Championship We might hear from Mickey Hart
2: before we take an ad break so Louth were in with a chance of making history today if they were to win they would have been the first side in the association's history to go from division four right the way through to division one in consecutive years which would have been absolutely extraordinary they were always up against it against Dublin the fact that they were in with a a chance speaks volumes so let's hear from Louth manager Mickey Hart
6: congratulate them on the effort that they made and um, I suppose maybe just suggesting that this is where you learn things. This is the this is the school of learning and, the, and a hard road to learn when you're meeting a team of the calibre of Dublin on Crow Park. Uh, it was never going to be an easy task. And I suppose it might have been pretty to the eye the first half, but we had to stay in the game as long as possible. And I suppose we had a few more goal chances that if, if they had gone in, we probably could have... Um, kept the game tighter for longer, but once they didn't win and they started to, to creep ahead, well then we had to chase the game a bit more and it left them with more opportunities to do what they just did. But um, I suppose there's nobody better than that, Dublin and doing that. They have a lot of experience over the years and a lot of quality players still there in the midst of that team. So... Extra learning exercise for us at the end of the day um, would have been a serious bonus and a, an unbelievable outcome if we'd been able to pip them at the end and go to Division One and that was that's the possibility when the game started it was a possibility we had to go after that possibility in the way that suited us best and considering the players were missing I suppose um, I think you know would have to be happy with with the performance we gave
0: the seven point margin do you feel that was fair. It's
6: look um, you can dress these things up whatever way you want I'm just saying we had a few goal chances that didn't go in today and if they did go in then that would have changed the complexion of the game I think it wouldn't have been as wide as that so that's the ifs and buts and maybes of Gaelic football if they had gone in yeah, and I think yes it would have been a closer scoreboard uh, does that mean to say, you know, that Dublin didn't deserve to win by what they did? I mean, that's a, that's, a, that's something that everybody else can decide on. Um, w- we we ask questions of them, that's for sure, but uh, ultimately they provided answers to to go stay up and, and be in the league final. Yeah, oh, yeah, large by and large, yes, we're happy with with what the players did and and stuck to the, the the plan that we'd wanted to play the game. Obviously, in the middle of that, you make you make errors, you make decisions that aren't just best at that time but you have to factor in as well that Dublin are good in an aggressive high press and maybe we had got more time in our previous matches to be able to do things under less pressure they put us under very extreme pressure on the ball there today they're good at that they have been good at that traditionally so that was a new experience perhaps for our players at this level and, and new experiences teach players things and we hope that it'll teach them something that'll be of value in our Leinster Championship match coming up um, I don't think we can be very definitive on what we can speculate on um, you know, because Dublin are a work in progress as well they have players coming back that maybe haven't played much this season so far and I saw a man's name on the substitutes there <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I'd rather he had stayed retired but you know like they have stuff to call on and they have players who will gain you know, will be better at able to, to take start games even in the Championship so like, we're all in a position where we believe we can be better in a month's time or whatever so we wouldn't be ahead of anybody in that line so to speak so you know, where Dublin have improvements to make our improvements then won't necessarily get us any closer
5: Just fine Peter Lynch. I mean, nearly
6: one player, different player throughout the campaign, who stood out in particular game for a young guy who came to and I thought he had a very good game. Yeah, yeah, Peter had a good game, and so did Kieran Murphy too, who is new to the scene. And when Craig Lennon and Tom Jackson come in, they injected a lot of pace and a lot of excitement to the attack. And Tommy Durnan, as usual, had a big game there. You know, So different people, Niall Sharkey put his heart and soul into it, Liam Jackson had I a good game, mean, you start naming like this different aspects at different times, people gave that little X factor that helped us get into a decent place, you know, so you know, and overall overall, the team performed well as a unit and of course we made some mistakes and of course we, we did the pressure that the opposition put on us, you know, contributed to that. But all in all, you have to say, what we asked of the players was give it your best shot and see where that takes you. And then it's about going back to work again and trying to do things a little bit better that, that might get you a step closer at some stage in the future to that level of football.
2: Mickey Hart there, Dublin 16 points, Loud 1-6, so 7 point defeat at Croke Park. Latest, by the way, in the hurling at Nolan Park. Kilkenny two nineteen, Cork 20 points. So Kilkenny 5 points to the good with uh, 4 minutes to play. Colin Boyle, four-time All-Star with Mayo here in studio. A uh, quick one on loud. I mean, staying up in Division 2 is a massive success uh, regardless of missing out on the final. Clare and Limerick relegated. Your life depends on it. Who are the second best team in Leinster?
0: Oh. Gosh, it's very hard to know, Joe. Like, probably Laud are right up there at the minute. If you were to say to Mickey Hart this artist, in January that... Your low team are going to be, you know, going into round seven with the chance of promotion against Dublin in a once-off game. You know, he would have taken your hand off hard. Look, at it, it's very, very hard to know. I think Jamaica Hart summed that game up brilliantly when he, when he said, you know, Lowe just weren't able to deal with Dublin's intensity and the way Dublin pressed the ball. You know, they managed it for the first 30 30-35 minutes, but it literally took its toll. And I think that's really the difference between the top. Teams and maybe your division two, three teams, you know, they just can't stick with that pace and deal with that constant pressure that's on you and that constant uh, in your face tackling that they're just not used to when they're playing against teams at their kind of own level. So, yeah, he summed it up pretty well. But look at it, probably shows the standard of Leinster football really when we're saying who is the second best uh, yeah, team it's in, in It's Linster not like it. a question that's like ooh I've got so many great options to yeah, pick from kind yeah, of a question. You know, like on a given day can a Kildare or, or a Meath beat Lough then yeah they can I'm and sure it, if they and get and it, it together. It's still sort of feeling in your bones they should Yeah,
2: yeah. but neither in a good place Kildare beat Mead today in Newbridge 13 points to 8
0: doesn't sound like the standard was off no, the charts there no it doesn't and two you'd have to say two disappointing very disappointing league campaigns for both teams You'd ha- especially for Kildare you'd think you know Mead obviously they get a huge bounce the first couple of games off Colm O'Rourke but that quickly wears off you know when they go to Derry and get a bit of a trouncing up there and they really really struggle and I think Dublin game last week showed up a lot of frailties that's in that me team and there's an awful lot of work to do two high profile managerial tickets you know they, they tick the excitement box yeah, yeah they do and neither are
2: neither delivering is the brutal truth at the moment they're just not
0: no that look at it is. look in Colin O'Rourke's case you know he's only in the door so you know he needs a bit more time and they've been struggling for quite a number of years so yeah. but in this it, the way he's set up against Dublin mm. that's just not going to work no well look the first half joe especially whatever about the second half when you're playing against against the breeze dublin have the breeze in their back and you've no cover in the full back line against a pretty much inexperienced full back line you know it's you know, you'd expect better from Colum from a man that's been around the game so long, and you know you're leaving spaces to Conor Callan and obviously Kinley O'Gara, who did a super game as well, mm. and, C- and Cormac Castle. But look, maybe that's something they learn from going forward into the championship. You know, you'd have to, you'd hope so. Certainly, if you're a meat supporter, because it was quite naive.
2: Everyone who's had a bad campaign. now is clinging to the learnings. Kieran yeah. McGinny there a minute ago. Look, we have to learn from this. Mm. So um, I mm. guess there is always hope. We're going to take a very short break. Uh, Callum's going to tell us why Mayo won't be stopped in 2023 in uh, just a moment. Now you're welcome, Max. So uh, Kilkenny, even though there are five minutes of injury time to go, are four points to the good at home to Cork in the Allianz Hurling League semi-final. If you're just tuning in, Colin Boyle's here in studio. The headline news from the final round of football fixtures, Donegal and Armagh relegated to Division 2. Galway will face Mayo in the football final. Dublin-Derry will play each other in the Division 2 final. Clare and Limerick already relegated before this afternoon. Longford and Tip into Division 4 for Fermanagh and Cavan promoted and uh, Sligo and Wicklow promoted from Division 4 and so uh, yes Monaghan do survive another year in Division 1 you count that right so on the general format we were just chatting during the ad break there has been uh, much talk uh, about the fact that the Ulster Championship might be best avoided uh, the logic being you'll be bloodied battered have several players suspended and you'll only then be emerging dazed and heading into a round robin, which will only take you into quarter final stages. Whereas, not that you would ever set out to lose an Ulster um, Championship match, but if you were to uh, lose, you might have a couple of weeks nice training, get ready for that round robin series. You're primed for a quarter final, and you have a certain freshness. Now, it's a different picture if you're Kerry. It's probably different in Connacht. It's probably different if you're uh, Leinster. So. In that sense, this is a championship unlike any we've ever
0: seen, and and where this league campaign fits into all of that, I don't even know. Does any of us know really at the minute, Joe? And look, we've obviously the huge talk at the minute. I know Andy Moore, and we're going to hear from him yeah. about about what's happening with the, the short gap between the league final and first round, of the championship. So I think that's definitely something that needs to be looked at. But the provincial championship, Joe. Look, they've been they've been on its knees for, for years now let's be honest it's it's kind of a stage where you know you come to the league and you're just waiting for the provincial championships to be over before the All-Ireland quarterfinals starts and the series stuff starts I think now with this new format I think they're probably less irrelevant than ever you know I, I think that's really they're just really clinging on there Like window dressing at the moment It,
2: it really really is it, the, the caveat being for some lesser counties the carrot of it making a final is you get into the yeah. Sam Maguire but for the majority who know they're already in Sam Maguire I don't know I mean yeah. how upset would Mayo be for instance if you were still in that camp to not make it all the way through to a Connacht final that would mean losing to Roscommon or Galway by the way
0: yeah it would and look Mayo are in a in a funny situation now where they're playing, playing obviously Galway next week in a league final which is a huge huge game and they've got possibly is sit. it a huge game I think it is Joe neither of them teams are going to lose this game and normally you know we talk about league finals and shadow boxing and all this and I know obviously Mayo up to clasher against Kerry and never na- laid love on them and never really intended to lay love on them. But I think this is very, very different. Okay. I think I was actually on with you the night after Mayo played Galway in, in Casa Bar and I felt there was really something brewing between these two teams. And I think this is really the start of it. I think because you know the similar age profiles obviously, is a huge rivalry that's there. And I think they're definitely in the two of the top four teams in the country. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is game neither team is going to want to lose for sure. Okay. Uh, what about coming through Ulster? Is there, Would you suspect uh, and I think in Armagh's case they'd have a
2: preliminary round yeah. for instance. Would you think winning Ulster and coming through Ulster and all that entails
0: leaves that team at a disadvantage or is there a lot to be said for momentum? Momentum is a huge thing in sport for sure. It's what that momentum costs you in regards of maybe picking up injuries or suspensions or whatever that may be. Like Again I'll go back to Mayo's case they lose to Common first round of the championship they have six weeks in until your next game which is huge like that's nearly the whole course of the National League you know so there's something not right in that structure. Is that, is that a good thing or a bad thing? If <sighs> I think six weeks is too long okay. I, I think six weeks is too long very hard to get your momentum back up again and Did I know You see
2: the Ren robin two of three go through don't
0: they? 2 or 3 go through you're in a playoff to get to, if you, you finish second if you finish well if you finish second or third in the group then you're you're in a playoff to get to a quarter final look okay. you've you've so many chances to, to get to a quarter final that's if you if you don't get there realistically you don't deserve to get there yeah. you know what i mean so, so that that is the thing that's that's really but look we'll see how this plays out joe but i'm still very unsure of it i don't like the fact that an awful lot of teams won't know until the 30th of april if they're playing um the Talton Cup or the Sam Maguire. I think that's not right either. I think that needs to be, you know, done and dusted by the end of the league. Whatever way you do that, I don't know. But I think there's too many variations of what can happen. And some people might say that adds a bit of excitement to it. But I don't know. I'm very, very unsure about the whole thing. But look, we'll see how it plays out and then we'll be able to make a better judgment. But the provincial champions, look, they've been clinging on for a long time, but they really are just hanging in there now at the minute.
2: Yeah, and it's a pity to say that as well because I do very genuinely subscribe to the argument that oh, there's nothing like playing your neighbour and that's mm. built upon your childhood memories of going to games and there is something to be said for tradition in the summer months and you know Mayo versus Galway yeah, yeah. it does something to you in the same way Donegal yeah. mad, does something to yeah. those fans but you zoom out a bit more and they're not offering much too often, so you have to say, Well,
0: they're not, and you make a great point. Like, one of my earliest memories as a, as a, as a child is going to Mayo Galway in '99 in Tume in Stadium on and a, and a, and a pouring wet day. They were it, always pouring wet days, yeah. Always pouring wet and days. And would you be happy to lose that then if, if Mayo were playing Galway in three weeks? No, no, as, as in, would you be happy to say? Those days, oh, of the playing, playing your neighbour. Yeah, because I, I, I don't think it's been quite the same for a number of years, right. Yeah, to be honest with you. Even when I was playing in the years kind of 15, 16, 17, and I'm not making an excuse because we actually didn't win too many of them around that period, but I think definitely the, the value of winning Connacht was almost gone out the window Um, if you could get a good run through the qualifiers and come through the back door it was almost you know almost built up a better momentum that way but because you played more games and you were coming into quarterfinals with possibly three or four games played instead of maybe two or three or whatever it was So I suppose it might depend on your level of ambition so for Mayo
2: it was about winning the all Ireland. so the yeah. provincial championships never felt all that important if mm. you're a lesser side like allowed this year under Mickey Hart winning a Leinster oh it'd be huge yeah of course know, yeah yeah finance, of course so. yeah uh, as ever with GA, there's lots of different perspectives. Mm. Let's hear from Andy Morn. So, Tommy Rooney was at this game. This is Division 4. Uh, Sligo and Wicklow are promoted into Division 3. Leitrim 211, Sligo 115. So, a win for Sligo. Disappointment uh, for Leitrim. They finished fourth overall. Uh, Tommy Rooney was at the game, and afterwards, he spoke to the Leitrim manager. As you'll hear in this piece, uh, frankly, he's thoroughly fed up with the structure of the season. Andy
7: Morn, how are you feeling? Just pipped at the end by Saigo.
4: Oh, we're devastated, Tommy. We um, we've 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 had a really really strong two or three weeks since we, since we got bet by Wicklow in terms of training, getting fellas back fit, um, and we thought we we're in a really good spot there. We thought we'd the the subs to come in and win us the game at the end, and it, it very nearly proved to be the case. But um, unfortunately, we just came up short. We had a chance to go one up and p- p- Tom Pryor who was just excellent at, uh, Excellent. just j- just got caught at the end and uh, Sligo just ca- carabined got the, the the winner at the end so very disappointing our run against Sligo goes on we haven't bet them since 2011 um, but yeah the aim was to get promoted and we, we've just come up short
7: For the neutral the entertainment was incredible and we'll come back to that in a couple of minutes you started exceptionally well you went three points clear in the first six minutes you only scored two points then in the second, in the first half second half then you started well started the second half but Sligo took charge got the goal through Spillane why did it take so long for it to kick into gear for you? Because when when you turned it on in the last 15 minutes, you were so hard to stop.
4: Yeah, but this is this is the thing, uh, Tommy. It's um, football is a, it's not like it used to be where a manager comes in, you get this massive bounce and away you go. It's if you look at the top teams, the Division One teams, it takes two, three, four years to get that consistency level throughout 70 minutes. And even when I was playing for me own back in the day, that was the case. Do you know and. Um, it's still the case today and uh, we're just the same we're we're, we're operating out of Division 4 and the big thing we need to get is is our consistency right so that we can play for the 70 minutes that's what we're looking at Yeah,
7: There was four teams vying for promotion today it all went down to the line for Wicklow, Leash, Ligo, Leitrim so important how much of a kick is this not to get promoted today you can see the buzz in Park Sean McDermott there's about 5,000 people here everyone's staying back um, to look at everyone
4: It's... um, yeah it's a great little county it it reminds me of uh, a kind of mini-mio where it's complete mad football and uh, they they don't talk about really anything else and um, it's it's a great county to be involved in but it's it's the players I really really feel for and I'm really really disappointed for I'm um, I know the effort they put in over 14-15 months I, I, I know the work they've done since last year and I include the Shane Mourns the Reardon Roarks, the David Bruins that are not with us anymore I, I include them in it they put in huge effort throughout the course of the 14 months and today was supposed to be the day that we, we, we got over that line and got o- up to Division 3 and uh, and pushed on but unfortunately that didn't happen and we just need to move on now 15 minutes
7: ago Andy it looked like the game was as was Good as done. You got the two goals. Then Flynn scored the second one after one of the most ridiculous goalmouth scrambles. There must have been four chances for it to go in.
4: Yeah.
7: It felt like the Leitrim wave had taken over. Did you feel like you had it?
4: I think we had it. I, I did think we had it. I think. I think uh, like we had, we got the chance to go ahead and we just didn't take it. Um uh, we, we, we we didn't open up the uh, we didn't open up the the spaces well enough and then Tom just got caught with a block at the end. So it was uh, disappointing. Um but these things happen. It, it, like Sligo are a really experienced team. If we we're gonna take Anton from Sligo, is they're now three or four years at it, they've done really well, but their underage structure is really, really building throughout the thing. They won the under twenties obviously St. Attractors and Summerhill got to the B and got to the A finals um in, in, in the school, so they're really building that underage structure. So if Leitorm are gonna take Anton from Sligo and try to push on and close that gap. I think that's the next next uh, next way to go. You've seen young Barry McNulty that comes on there, 18 years of age, like just a, a prodi- pro- prodigious talent. you've Tom Pryor there, prodigious talent, and uh, these guys will push it on, but it needs probably to be accelerated a tiny bit.
7: Yeah, just read between the lines there on the ball there seems to be nothing between the teams both teams played really good football Leitrim and Attack were very good to watch are you talking about the athleticism are you talking about the strength is that what you're talking about here
4: I'm uh, not even th- thinking that I, th- I think even the, the, the win and feeling the, 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 the opportunity to go and like the first league win twin under 20 Connacht last year was, was huge you know, for them Summer Hill boys to be in a Hogan Cup final in Crow Park is huge you know? so they've just built on that structure we are going we are, we're doing great stuff Benny Goodkin and the lads doing great work underage but it just we probably just need to keep accelerating that and keep pushing it on
7: Last two questions. It's quickly turning the championship in two weeks' time. Hmm. Um, you're hopping on a flight. What is success going to be for you boys over the next couple of weeks? How are you going to get them back on track?
4: Ah, yeah, so it's not. Uh, with a performance like that, it's not. It's not. It's not hard. Um, what I would say is the scheduling is an absolute joke. It's uh, like our schedule It actually helps us that we didn't win in terms of scheduling for New York we really wanted to win because we were prioritising the league a tiny bit more than the New York trip but you look at them Sligo boys they have to go up to um, Crow Park next week and then they have to jump on a plane then on probably the Thursday or the Friday and go over to London and play a championship match on the Saturday mm-hmm. it leaves them wide open and it, it, it like, honestly now and I'm not talking for Tony McEntee if if we were in the same situation we, we'd have been jumping on the plane to New York it's not fair it's, uh, it's not fair on players in terms of it's not fair on players in terms of uh, trying to prep the amount of, like, I think Michael Dydon came out last week and said the amount of injuries. Like, when, when, when I was in college back in the noughties, all the uh, uh, studies were about burnout and what we're going to do. And now we're just absolutely flogging our young players, our elite players, with games upon games upon games. And when this is all over, they'll go back to the clubs and play again. So someone has to shout stop. And I hope with the level of injuries now, the likes of Tom Parsons and these guys step up and say, we're, we're not allowing our players to do this again in 2024.
2: Andy, thanks for your time. Hard luck. Thanks, Tommy. Appreciate it. Tommy Rooney there with the Leitrim manager Andy Moore and Andy's former teammate Colin Boyle with us here in the studio. Somebody
0: has to shout stop. Mm. Agree, disagree, somewhere in between? I think he certainly has a point. Um he makes a good point coming into today's game, in a game they obviously trying to win, desperate to win to get to division three. They're probably their most important game they play this year. And at the same time, losing it probably stands to them in preparation for the first round of the Championship. Like, there's something not right in that. So, you know, even just the difference of a week, why we're starting the the Championship a week straight after the league finals, you know what I mean? I think, could you imagine a case where Derry were playing thrown a week after the league final like they're putting out a, probably a second team next week against Dublin so it does make a small bit of a farce of the whole thing there certainly has to be a minimum of a two week break going forward and I think that's something whether you need to start the league a week earlier you take one of the the, the, the rest weekends or the free weekends you take one of them out to adjourn the league to create that gap between league and championship but I think he yeah, certainly has a point. The, the amount of games now is, is is huge in a short space of time. I think that's the thing. Look, at going back to when myself and Andy were playing, we were used to training for long periods and having very few games, which wasn't right either. So I think, obviously, you need to get that balance somewhere in the middle. Um, but we're probably not meeting that balance and this new championship format that we're talking about probably, you know, tightens that in a small bit more. Uh, players now are going to be picking up more little niggles and knocks and hamstrings more than ever, you would have to think because the sheer volume of games and the intensity of these games in a shorter period of time, it's inevitably going to lead to more injuries. It has mm. to be. Mm. Uh, top three in Division 1 are from Connacht? Yeah. Has to be a first time ever, I would say. Yeah. So Mayo played
2: Galway, Roscommon have mm. had a very good campaign. Where are you in Mayo? Because the hype train has left the
0: station. Ah, look at the, they They're going, they've done well, Joe. They have. But, you know, I was thinking about this on the way in and uh, despite the good league campaign Mayo have had and they've had a very league, good league campaign, don't get me wrong, I'm t- looking ahead to next week final and I'm thinking Galway have the same amount of points as Mayo. They... Over the last two weekends, they've gone to um, Armagh, beaten Armagh, and they've beaten Kerry at home. So possibly coming into next week's game, Galway have actually the better momentum because Mayo have probably played pretty much two dead rubbers over the last two weekends. Even going to Donegal, they pretty much knew they were in the league final and it was was a horrible game of football. It was played at a challenge match pace and then today they make 11 changes. So, you know, maybe they're a bit fresher, but... I think Galway are probably a bit of a head of steam belt up in the last two or three weeks that Mayo maybe had a couple of weeks ago but mightn't quite have just now. So I think that's going to be a fascinating league final um, to see how that pairs out. But look, at, they've two huge weeks coming up from a Mayo point of view. And if you're Kevin McStay, I think he'd be glad this morning game's out of the way. I think he'd just want full focus now on, on a league final. And obviously, what's coming after that.
2: And to what extent, for instance, a uh, lot of changes in the half-back mm. line a position, I, I suspect you're watching very closely. Mm. And then Mayo have had their trouble in the full-back line for mm. uh, some time now. To what extent have they been road-tested there by this league campaign?
0: I wouldn't say hugely, Joe. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, even, you know, we play Kerry and obviously Clifford isn't starting. They don't have New Year's or strongest team. Probably the biggest test they got was against Galway in the first game. Um, and, you know, Comer caused a couple issues um, Rob Finnerty before he went off I think next Sunday is the first day the Mayo full back line in particular gets tested and it's probably the one line on the Mayo field if you're looking through the through the subs and who's on the Mayo panel at the minute it's the one line in the pitch where they probably are lacking in numbers Hessian has been out since uh, since his tour de force performance against Tyrone. I think so he hasn't played so he he's a big loss I'm not sure if he's going to be back or not so this will be a big, big test now for next Sunday and look at it's one where we might know a small bit more about where both Mayo and Galway are at, we were going to say. Obviously, Shane Watch is back now for Galway, Damien Comer is back, Rob Frinarty comes on today, so in a, go- in a Galway since, you know, they've got to a league final, that would have been hugely impressive. Say, but and, and considering they're All-Ireland
2: finalists, like, yeah. under the radar, and, Sli- like, yeah. and with Pork Joyce as manager, I don't, I don't know why they're under the radar, but they've just sort of sailed in there.
0: Yeah, and it's almost guys the Focus has been more on Mayo, yeah. you know what I mean. And that's Park, the way you like it, though. No, that's the way Park Joyce will like it, I can guarantee. You, and I'm sure he'll reference that. This is week. Mayo's problem, though, being too bloody box office every week, you mm, know, possibly so. Possibly so, but I, I think next week is just a huge, huge game. And like, who do a, you make th- favourites? <sighs> it's very hard to know. Like, I'm just wondering, has the momentum swung a small bit in Galway's favour? Um, I, I think Tommy Conroy was on the 26th today, Killian O'Connor wasn't in the 26th, so we mightn't have that backup to come off the bench. You know, Mayo just slight favours but it's it's very very tight it's very very tight to call Kerry haven't won on the road this league campaign mm. they
2: made a deliberately so very pedestrian start Holiday uh, Fossa boys let's not rush anyone back Yeah, they had the luxury of a, a, a big gap post league into their championship unlike Mayo and Andy Moran's Leitrim and others so nobody really has hit the alarm during any of Kerry's performances the assumption is
0: that they'll be just fine when they need to be just fine mm. do you subscribe to that? I do but you'd still have slight concerns I would have to say um, look I think Jack O'Connor would just be delighted this league is over I think he's made um, he's he's been very honest from the start that he just wanted to get to 6 or 8 points get, and, and get out of there I think I think they're heading away to Portugal. I'm not sure it's this week or next week on a training camp. So they get a huge amount of work done there. And they have this block of work that they knew was all oh, this sorry, this these couple of weeks that they knew was gonna be there to, to get a block of work done. So look at Kerry would be fine but they, were, they are no, look they're Ireland champions for a reason uh, they were the best team last year but that's you know I, there's still a number of teams that uh, when they look at Kerry later on in the year and say yeah I wouldn't mind getting them in, in mm. later on in a big big game in Crow Park and that's the fascinating thing about it um, <coughs> excuse me that's why we we're talking about what a wide open championship this is because there's no real standout team despite Kerry being the champions i I'd worry about their midfield, I have to say. Um, David Moran. Yeah, the loss of David Moran, just the platform he gave them, not f- just from winning all, his, uh, their own kickouts and the opposition kickouts, but how much good of a foot passer he was into your Cliffords mm. and your Sean Ossier. Underrated aspect of his game. I think such an underestimated aspect of his game. I think they will. It's a huge, huge loss. But look at Kerry; be fine, and they're they're going to be there thereabouts. But yeah, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see how they how they progress. You know, they have plenty of time. Time is on their side. Yeah, you uh, listen to you. You don't have a clear favorite to win this year, do you? It's so open, John. It's so hard to know. Like I think, I think if you're going Kerry, Dublin, in no particular order. Kerry, Dublin, Mayo, Galway. I think that's your top four. Whatever order you want to put them in, probably Kerry are number one still, but after that two, three and four are so, so tight and nobody from Ulster to set an ambush Tyrone style look at Tyrone are, you have to be impressed with the way they finished the league like I, I was there in Castlebar the night Mayo played Tyrone I, I said that Tyrone team is gone I yeah. thought they were finished I thought that was the end of them the Side of a Kerry jersey seemed to it's got them going them and they've going. lifted things and look at I talked about momentum earlier on now they probably if in, looking from an Ulster point of view they're probably the most team in Ulster with the biggest momentum going into the Ulster Championship so that's how things how, how things can change in a short period of time so they're probably the best Ulster team out there despite all the hype about Derry I'm still very unsure about them I don't know have they enough ammo later on to win the big games to hit kind of your 80, 90, 20 points mark later on in the championship I don't know have they, uh, have they had that in them might know a bit more about them next Saturday evening after a league final or next Sunday whenever it is but uh, yeah very very interesting The Donegal situation Yeah uh, fa- Grimly
2: fascinating as well So Paddy Carr has resigned after a meeting with the players so you have to presume in that meeting the players said to Carr, we don't feel this is working, as they're entitled to do. And he said, well, presumably, if that's the case, I'm not going to hang around and uh, force us into months of misery. Uh, Roscommon only goal today 21 points to nine, which is no great surprise. The county board, uh, like borderline arranged marriage between Carr and uh, O'Rourke, mm. who took charge today. Um, they've lost Michael Murphy, McBrearty injured after that winning point against Kerry like about the best you can say with the Carl Lacey thing bubbling
0: away is that it can't get much worse, but then maybe it can. Yeah, look at at Joe, I I spoke about this during the week. I was in Ballybuffet last Sunday and at the Paddy Carr thing, I think people might say it was harsh, but I thought it was inevitable. I thought it was coming. My biggest fear about Donegal no matter who's in charge of him if it was Jim McGuinness himself I don't think the quality is there and I think this comes from years of being stuck in a rush of playing a short slow hand passing game and developing very few footballers who can actually who are comfortable moving the ball using their foot and kicking the ball I just don't simply think they have that and I think that's why we saw so many times over the last 5 or 6 years one of the best full forwards in the country over the last 20 years spending most of his time out around the middle of the third of the pitch and I thought it was quite ironic last last week in a, in a do or die game they put Hume Fadnidge into the square and start him and try and boom a couple of high balls that caused the Mayo defence absolutely no harm whatsoever. So I, I think they just need to look at the way they're playing and the style but I know that this that's kind of a long term thing yeah. but I think short term who's, who's their manager in the short term? Who's the manager and like who I, I was Paddy Bradley I saw an interview after the game there he was saying that Paddy Carr basically asked him to stay on for this weekend but he doesn't know what's happening after this weekend. Okay. It's a, it's a mess at the minute but the quality of player I just think is not there the management thing is a mess and where they go from now if you're down again we talk about teams with momentum obviously they did a huge win today against Offaly finished third in, in um, Division 3 and again you're looking at that game in three weeks time you have to say at this moment I'm down and probably favourites for it.
5: Mm.
2: Yeah, and like the county board seem to be still dealing with the aftermath, mm. not that, it, that it's even in, uh, an aftermath, yeah, the, the Lacey situation. That mm. was the, their focus in, in their county board meetings, which were heavily leaked, mm. even though they were trying to do them behind closed doors. Mm. So now they have this problem to sort out. I don't know. Will they pick up the phone to McGuinness? Will, like, will there be a, a Stephen Cluxton SOS? Let's go back to the future.
0: Yeah, I look at on McGuinness. Like, he, I know he made comments last week. Um, I think it was in the Examiner podcast. And. What, what were the gist uh, basically that he was he was on Kavanaugh, he was he was he was Roy Kavanaugh and Carrie Lacey's team that he was he was there as a kind of third man or uh, as advisor to them and he he told the county board whoever got the job that he would be willing to help them out as well it's a hell of a thing to turn down it is it is but then I thought you know in a week where Paddy Carr is under so much pressure I think he, he this was before the Mayo game he said it or, or I'm not sure was it after but it just sorry it was before the Mayo game and I just thought if Whatever the mood was in the in the Donegal at that time, it came a whole lot oh, sorry. worse. So
2: he did Carr no favors. Yeah,
0: that's what I felt. It just added extra pressure on Carr, if you get me. And just the mood, like I, I knew the, I knew the mood was poor in Donegal. But when I got there and I was just speaking to a couple of ex- Donegal players and a couple of local journalists where it was, and it was actually far worse than I actually ha- had a, had thought it was. So yeah, I think a, a number of things have happened there that's not good. But look at. Mm you would still expect a goal team that's in a bit of a mess to put up a bit of a fight today you'd be thinking they were going to go to the, the High Park and show a bit of pride and mm. pull things together but yeah, that's, they, don't have that, it. they don't have it and that's extremely worrying
2: Interesting times Thank you so much for popping in Colin Boyle uh, with us uh, reflecting on the end of the uh, Alliance Leagues we'll have finals next week and then suddenly we're into Championship